Hey there, brainwavers. I just came across a fascinating article about a new bionic technology that's helping amputees experience the sensation of warmth from human touch. As a firm believer in the power of human connection, I can't help but be amazed and excited for the potential of this tech. The research, which was conducted in Switzerland by the École Polytechnique Federale de Lausanne, EPFL, involved placing thermal electrodes on the residual limbs of amputees, allowing them to feel hot or cold sensations in their phantom hands and fingers. Fabrizio Fidati, one of the participants in the trial, had lost his right hand in an accident 25 years ago. He explained how, for the first time since then, he could experience the sensation of holding a cold glass or feeling the warmth of a stove burner. What's truly remarkable is that this technology doesn't need to be implanted. It can simply be strapped onto the skin and combined with a regular prosthetic limb. As someone who's no stranger to sci-fi movies, I can't help but joke, Welcome to the future, folks! But seriously, can you imagine the profound, life-changing impact this could have on the day-to-day -day lives of amputees? From simple tasks like cooking to experiencing the warmth of their loved ones, this could open a world of possibilities. One of the researchers remarked on the importance of temperature feedback for human touch, pointing out that as social creatures, we depend on warmth to signify affection. Couldn't agree more. When you hold someone's hand or hug them tightly, there's something magical about experiencing the heat and warmth that's oh so comforting. This tech is not only of practical significance, but emotional as well, giving amputees an improved sense of connection with their loved ones. I have to say, my fellow brainwavers, this is a testament to the incredible advancements in science and technology. It's a reminder to appreciate the wonders of human touch and connection, and to remain hopeful for the future solutions that could improve countless lives. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's feeling a renewed sense of gratitude for our human body's abilities and the genuine warmth of our interactions. Now, with all that food for thought, let's dive straight into your questions. Because that's what we do best here at Straight Talk with Brainwaves. Remember, head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your burning questions. And together, let's embark on this journey to seek answers, foster empathy, and embrace open-mindedness. Excited to hear from y'all? Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert. And all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey brainwaves, I'm Sarah from Portland. So here's the thing. I've been struggling with this fear of failure for quite some time now, and it's really starting to mess with my career choices. I work in marketing and have had my fair share of successes, but I can't seem to shake off this constant nagging fear that the next project is just going to be a complete disaster. Like, is that it? Is that when they'll discover I'm a total fraud, you know? Anyway, it's making me hesitant to take on bigger roles or reach for those promotions I'm pretty sure I deserve. I guess what I'm asking is, how can I manage this fear of failure so it doesn't continue to hold me back in my career? Any tips or advice would be much appreciated. Thanks. 
Hey, Sarah from Portland, let me just say, I hear you loud and clear. Believe me when I say that you are far from alone in feeling the fear of failure. It's like a bad ex that keeps coming back, but you can't seem to shake them off. In fact, what you're describing sounds like good old imposter syndrome, and it can be a real insidious beast. But first things first, let's get brutally honest here. Failure is a part of life. That's right, Sarah. As much as we all wish there was this magical bridge that could leap us from one success to another, the truth is we're all just hopping from lily pad to lily pad, occasionally tripping in the pond. But it's not necessarily about avoiding failure. It's about how we handle it and learn from it when it happens. So how do you shake off that gnawing fear that's starting to feel like an unwelcome houseguest? Well, one step you can take is to build your mental resilience. Remind yourself of your past successes and accomplishments. Write them down, even. I'm talking. You nailed a project, earned a degree, or maybe just managed to finally kill that pesky houseplant. Celebrate those victories, big or small, and recognize the hard work and skills that got you there. Next, reframe failure as something less scary and earth-shattering. Perception is everything. So instead of seeing failure as a crushing defeat, can you view it as an opportunity to grow and learn? It's like going to the mental gym. You're going to have some sore days, but you'll emerge stronger and better equipped for future challenges. Embrace the process, Sarah, not just the shiny plaque at the end. Also, start practicing risk-taking in a controlled environment. Maybe take on projects you're not entirely sure you can ace or learn new skills that could help you feel less like a fraud in the long run like dipping your toe into a cold pool. It might feel overwhelming at first, but once you get used to it, you'll be cannonballing into bigger challenges without a second thought. Lastly, build a support network of like-minded individuals who can relate to what you're going through. Share your fears with them, and you might just find that the feeling of being an imposter is more universal than you think. Plus, nothing beats the solidarity of discovering that others are in the same boat rowing away these insecurities with shared oars. So, Sarah, gather up those successful moments, reframe your failures, dip your toes in the risk waters, and find your support tribe. Your career will thank you for it. And remember, we all need a little reminder sometimes that we're not total frauds. Even that one dude in those marketing meetings who can't seem to stop patting himself on the back. You've got this, Sarah. Hey, Brainwaves, my name is Laura, and I'm calling from Chicago. So my dilemma is that I've been living with fibromyalgia for a few years now. Not life-threatening, but definitely has a significant impact on my day-to-day -day life. It feels like constantly uninvited fatigue, muscle pain, and brain fog that just won't leave. I try to maintain a positive outlook and not let it take over my life, but it's tough. I've lost friends who don't appreciate my frequent canceling on plans or needing extra support, and it's making me feel pretty lonely. So what's your advice on staying upbeat and maintaining friendships when dealing with a chronic illness like fibromyalgia? Thanks a bunch. Cheers. Hey, Laura. First off, thanks for reaching out and sharing your struggle with fibromyalgia. It's one of those invisible illnesses that can really put a damper on everyday life. So kudos to you for trying to keep that positive outlook. Now, let's get down to business. Living with a chronic illness is like trying to salsa dance with a partner who's always trying to trip you up. And trust me, I know a thing or two about clumsy dance partners. On that note, let's talk about ways to stay upbeat and nurture your friendships, even as you deal with this uninvited party crasher. First, it's important to invest in self-care. 
I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but taking care of yourself means you'll have more emotional energy to maintain relationships. Find little activities that help you feel better and carve out time for them, whether that's a soothing bath or binge-watching something so hilarious that the giggle fits leave your fibromyalgia gift-wrapped in the corner, if only for a while. As for those friendships, let's address that pesky issue of cancelled plans. You need to have open communication with your friends. You know, heart-to-heart -heart stuff. Transparency and honesty build relationships. Explain what you're going through and how fibromyalgia affects you. Many people just don't get it, but if they understand the fuzziness of what you're dealing with, they'll likely be more empathetic to your situation. It's also essential to be adaptable. If you have to cancel on those wild nights out, you know, the kind that would make a 1980s movie feel proud, but you're still up for a calm evening in your PJs, sipping tea and getting cozy under a blanket while watching that movie, then say so. Don't be afraid to offer alternative activities so you can still enjoy each other's company without pushing your limits. Besides, who doesn't love a good old-fashioned PJ party? And don't forget to give some love to your friends for being understanding and supportive. A little recognition and appreciation can go a long way to make those bonds stronger. Reciprocity is high on the friendship nutrition label, and trust me, your friends will thank you for it. Finally, taking a page out of Dan Savage's book, consider finding your tribe. Seek out communities or support groups online and offline that are made up of people who share your experiences. These fellow fibromyalgia warriors will understand your struggles firsthand, and you'll be able to share advice, acceptance, and even dark, snarky humor that can help lift each other's spirits. So, there you have it, Laura. My dance cards filled with lessons on self-care, open communication, adaptability, appreciation, and finding your fellow salsa dancers who get your rhythm. With a little work and understanding, I'm confident you'll tackle this challenge head-on and keep those friendships strong. Let me know how it goes, and remember, you're not in this alone. Cheers! Hi, Brainwaves. This is Lisa from Seattle. I've got a sitch, so I'm hoping you can help. I lost my husband almost two years ago, and I'm finally ready to put myself out there and try dating again. But man, does it feel like I'm wading through the kiddie pool in high heels. There's like this innate fear of being judged for dating too soon, or too late, and feeling like I'm cheating on my late husband's memory or something. How do I navigate this dating minefield as a widow without feeling guilty and having people throw shade at me? I'd super appreciate your two cents on this. Thanks, Brainwaves. Hey, Lisa from Seattle. Thanks for calling in. First and foremost, let me just say that I am deeply sorry for your loss, and I'm sure our listeners are sending you all the love they've got. It's totally understandable to feel like you're on the emotional roller coaster of a lifetime when you're jumping back into dating after your husband's passing. Now let's cut straight to the chase. Those feelings of guilt and folks casting judgment. Because what would straight talk with brainwaves be without some no-nonsense advice, right? So Lisa, let's cast some light on those lurking shadows of shame and judgment. When it comes to dating again, it's important to remember that you're not cheating on your late husband's memory. He would probably want happiness for you, and it's likely that he wouldn't want you to be hung up on guilt or shame. That being said, let's dive into the psychology of grief a bit. There's no set timetable for when one should start dating after losing a partner. It's different for everybody. The best gauge of when you're ready to take the leap is when it feels right for you. And it just so happens that you've contacted me. 
so I'm guessing you're at that point or pretty darn close to it. Now, let's talk about those high-heel-wearing, shade-throwing people who might judge you about moving on. The harsh reality is that judgmental people are going to judge regardless of the situation. That's not something you can control, nor should you want to. Most of the time, their judgment is a reflection of their anxieties and insecurities, so try not to internalize it. Besides, the people who throw shade probably aren't basking in their own sunlit dating paradise either. As you wade through this new dating world, just think of your journey as an exploration. Don't be afraid to test the waters, try out some hobbies, join a club, or even give online dating a whirl. You might stumble upon some people who are empathetic and understanding about your situation, and they're likely worth accompanying you through the minefield. The most important thing is that you're comfortable with the process. Finally, Lisa, I want to drive this home. Your feelings matter. You have a right to love and happiness. It's essential to stay grounded in your truth and give yourself permission to take this next step in your life. If you encounter some shade along the way, let it roll off your back like water off a duck's feathers. So Lisa, slap on those high heels and strut into the dating world like the fabulous, resilient woman you are. You got this, and we're all cheering for you. Good luck out there, and remember that your hearts have room for more love than you can even imagine. Thanks for calling in, and don't forget to let us know how your romantic journey unfolds. Cheers, Lisa. Well, folks, it looks like we've reached the end of another advice-packed week here on Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I want to give a huge thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in and for trusting me to help you navigate those tricky situations life throws your way. You're the reason I do what I do, and I am in awe of your courage, vulnerability, and curiosity. Before we say goodbye, I want to remind you that if you've got a burning question that you'd like me to tackle, or if you just want to vote on upcoming topics, head over to brainwavespod.com and let your voice be heard. There, you can also subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Now clear your schedules because next week we're diving into even more tantalizing topics and candid conversations that you won't want to miss. Stay savvy, keep exploring, and remember, life's too short to sweat the small stuff. So, let's keep the straight talk going. Have a fantastic weekend, and I'll catch you all again right here on Monday, May 22nd, 2023. Until then, I'm Brainwaves. Signing off.